Good morning, everybody. It's good to be here in the house of the Lord today. I'm thankful for God's blessings upon us. During the last song, I was trying to remember a saying that I'd heard a number of years ago, and I may not have this exactly right, but it went something like, yesterday is a canceled check. Tomorrow is a promissory note that you may never collect. Enjoy today. And I trust we are thankful and enjoying the blessings that God has given us this day. I'd like to read two verses to you from the book of Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 1, beginning with verse 2. Hear, O heavens, and give ear, O earth, for the Lord has spoken. I have nourished and brought up children, and they have rebelled against me. The ox knoweth his owner, and the ass his master's crib. But Israel doth not know, my people doth not consider. The Lord would bless us this morning, and I'd like to spend a few minutes looking at that word, consider. Consider is a word that we use very often in our society today. If I were to take a college student aside and say that I would like you to consider becoming uh, an accountant, or probably more accurately, I might tell them, I want you to consider not becoming an accountant. Or I might tell you, you need to consider selling your house and buying a house out in the country. So that's a term that we always use, and we know what that means, doesn't it? If we use that term, consider, it's a word that means to think, to give serious consideration. Think about something. It also carries with it the idea of look at something and think and ponder and discover some inner truths about what you are looking at. Very similar language and thoughts as when the Lord was talking to Satan over in the first chapter of Job. And the Lord, if you remember there in Job 1, he speaks unto Satan when Satan comes by him and he asks him what he's doing. The Lord asks Satan, he says, Has thou considered my servant Job? So what he was telling Satan was that you look at Job, you look at that man, you look at his life, you look at all the righteous things, you look at all the ways that he serves me. Consider, look, and go in depth and ponder these things. Well, my goal here this morning is to get you or to encourage you to think. Now, I don't know about you, but in my business that I'm in, occasionally I'll be talking to my boss and we'll be looking at something that, that uh, somebody else did, and we'll come up with the idea and the comment what were they thinking? Have you ever been to that place when you look at what something else has done? And our comment so much of the time is, just, why can't we get people to think? Now, I want to be real careful here. I don't want to make everybody mad at one time. 
you know, I don't mind making everybody mad. It's just I like to spread it out, you know, over, over time. But, you know, one of the goals of raising children and educating children should be not to just teach them what to think. It should be to teach them how to think. We need to teach people how to think if we can. And that's what I want to try to get you to do today is to get you to think. And I want to bring several things to you from the Word of God where the Word of God encourages us to think, to ponder. And I know it's true in my own life, and I'm sure it probably is in your also, that so often we just glance at something, glance at the Scriptures, think of something, and go right on past without stopping and thinking and considering the manner. Now, here in this verse I just read to you, this passage here in Isaiah chapter 1, it's very easy to understand what he is saying. He's saying these people are not thinking. You know, if you look at the blessings of God, you look at all that God has given them, and they didn't stop to think that they have all of these things because God has blessed them. Isn't that true in our own life today? That we look at all that we have, all the blessings that we enjoy here in this life, and we fail to give God the adequate praise and thanks, and we try to take a little bit of that thanks for us. Man, look how smart I am for this investment that I made. Look how smart I am and how hard I work in this job to make all of this money. That's how we go from time to time. And in our spiritual life and our walk with God, it's exactly the same way. We need to realize God's blessings upon us. And so often, and, and the book of Isaiah is all about this. And you could also find Moses talking about this back over in Deuteronomy chapter 29, and you get down about verse 32, and he's talking about the people not considering the judgment of God. And so often when we see the judgment of God, and you can take this on an individual level, you can take this on a national level, when you see the judgment of God, you know what you ought to do? Consider. Think. Think. And Moses back over in Deuteronomy, Isaiah here, saying it's simple. It's very simple. God told us, you follow me, I'll bless you. You turn from me in sin, I'll bring curses upon you. Very simple. Easy to see. All you got to do is consider these things. But let me bring out a few other things in the Word of God that we need to consider. I want to go over to Proverbs chapter 6, verse 6. And here we're told, go to the ant. So far so good, right? Now get ready, you're not going to like the next part. Go to the ant, thou sluggard. Now I didn't call you a sluggard. The Word of God did, okay? just want to be clear. Go to the ant, thou sluggard. Consider her ways and be wise. Which having no guide, overseer, or ruler, 
provideth her meat in the summer and gathereth her food in the harvest. Now here Solomon is wanting the sluggards to consider. And I'm going to at least for part of the time put myself in that same class as a sluggard. And you need to for a while. So in that case, think that Solomon is talking to you. And he said, you go learn from the ant. And the ant doesn't have a king that's telling them what to do. A king doesn't have a construction supervisor or a production supervisor that's telling you what to do and making you save up for the future. They don't have any of that. But you go out and you look at a colony of ants and what do you see? Constant activity, constant activity, back and forth, just speedy, 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 just going all the time. I mean, you get an ant that's taking food to their to their den, and you can put a stick on there, and you know what that ant will do? It'll just crawl over and keep on going. Won't be distracted on their goal of setting up stuff and preparing for the future. And, you know, we should be like that. We should be diligent in working. He said, well, what should be working for? Well, I'm not going to get into that. That's a, another topic for a different day. But that can be naturally and spiritually. And he continues on over in Proverbs chapter 24. In Proverbs 24 and 30, he says, I went by the field of the slothful and by the vineyard of the man void of understanding. And lo, it was all grown over with thorns, and nettles had covered the face thereof, and the stone wall was broken down. Then I saw and considered it. I considered it well. I looked upon it and received instruction. Now, it's easy for us to understand in a natural sense the example that's been brought here by Solomon. It's in here you have a man that has a field. And you have a, in this field, perhaps it's one of, it's a vineyard has grapes, or maybe it's a cornfield or a cotton field. And if you are a sluggard and slothful, and you never go out and plow and cut the weeds down, and you don't go out and plant the seed, you just expect the volunteer seed, you know, it's falling out of the heads from the prior year. You expect that to bring forth a new crop. How much do you expect to glean from that field come harvest time? Nothing. Nothing. And then he continues on and he says that the stone wall that protected it, that guarded it from animals coming in and eating the fruit of that garden, have been broken down. That's easy to understand if you have something that uh, you need to take care of it. And you need to be diligent in taking care of it and protecting it. That's what that stone wall was there for, was protection. And it's easy for us to understand that. You know, I have many times driven by a, an abandoned house. And I'll look by this abandoned house and maybe go through one and you go through it and you'll see sheetrock falling off the walls and light fixtures you know it's falling out of the ceiling and you know under the underhang outside you know the plywood's falling down 
Have you ever stopped to think that, how come my house doesn't look like that? Because you take care of it, and you maintain it, and you fix those things when they're little. And as this admonition is good for us naturally, do you realize this is also exactly true for us in a spiritual sense? We have a spiritual feeling. We have been given that by God. When the Lord places faith in our heart, we've been given a spiritual feeling. Are you taking care of it? I'm always finding there's weeds in my spiritual field I need to go plow up. I'm always finding there's some spiritual seeds that I need to plant. I need to go to the Word of God and continually read the Word of God and meditate upon it to plant spiritual seeds in there. I need to build up the wall around it and protect my spiritual field from the world. The world will try to come in and take everything that I have that's beneficial in my spiritual garden. We need to build up that wall around it. So what Solomon here is telling us to do is what? Think. We need to think about these things. We need to think about our natural things. We need to think about our spiritual things and to take care of them. Let me, uh, let me give you another one, kind of similar to this. Let's go over to Psalm 41. <clears throat> this one's going to convict me pretty good. Psalm 41 in verse 1. Blessed is he. Anybody here want to be blessed? I think all of us would like to be blessed by God, wouldn't we? Blessed is he that considereth the poor. The Lord will deliver him in time of trouble. Blessed is he that considereth the poor. Now this is more than just thinking about it. And I believe there's a verse over later in, in uh, uh, if I can find it over in Proverbs, I may not be able to turn to it, but a man that considers the poor. Now, this didn't just look at the poor. He said, considereth the poor. This man will be blessed. There's a righteous man that was looking for. I can't turn to it. In, uh, in Proverbs, it's either 27 or 29. It's talking about the righteous man will consider the cause of the poor. How good are you about considering the poor? You know how I like to consider the poor? Here's my traditional way of considering and thinking about the poor. I wonder what they did to deserve what they're getting. Hmm. If they wouldn't have been stupid and wasted everything that they had, they wouldn't be poor right now. You know, if they wouldn't have been uh, addicted to alcohol or drugs, they would have not be poor right now. Have you ever been guilty of those kind of things? And I realize there's a tad bit of truth in that. But there's many poor that we need to consider. And the question is that we need to consider is can we help them? Is there something that we can do to help them? You know what I used to do when I'd see the poor? 
I'd, I'd be driving down the street, and, and just so you know, there's plenty of poor homeless people in Lubbock. And I see them every single day that I'm working, every day, several of them. And I came up with this idea that I'm going to help these poor people. You know, they're out asking for money for food or whatever, needs, needs some help. So I started giving some of them a little bit of cash from time to time to help them out. And, you know, we get in this bad point that we do that, not so that we help the poor, just so we'll feel better about ourselves, thinking, look how good I am. You know, we've got to watch that attitude. Well, so I started giving a little money, you know, not much, 5 or $10 here and yonder, you know, to give somebody a meal. Well, after a while, I was talking to one of my coworkers, and he saw one of these guys that had some money. It wasn't one that I would given money to, but he was giving money. And we were up on the fourth floor. We could see what this guy did. Do you know what this guy did with his money? He went right across Avenue Q to the liquor store. <laughs> we wasn't actually helping him. It was making his matter worse. Consider the poor. What do they really need? Food help now i've covered two areas here already with this considering and thinking one concerns ourself and one considers others but i'm here this morning to tell you that there is something much more important for us to consider you say what in the world could be more important for us to consider than helping ourselves, or helping the poor. I want to go back to Psalms 8. In Psalm 8, here David says in verse 3, When I consider thy heavens, the work of thy fingers, the moon and the stars, which thou hast ordained you know what else we need to consider we need to consider the greatness of God have you spent any time this week pondering and considering the greatness of God were it not anything else that God did other than establish this universe would he be worthy of our praise and honor today? Certainly he would. And that's what David is talking about here. How great is the name of God. He's the creator. And he began this passage here in Psalm 8 and verse 1 by saying, O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name in all the earth. When you hear the name of God, what do you think? You know, we have a habit of, of considering the name of the Lord and hearing it. And so often when we hear the word of God read and it's talking about the Lord, we kind of have this little unsaid thought in our minds. When we hear about God, it's like, what does he want now? What does he want me to do? What's he going to require me? What do I have to give up now? You know what our thought should be when we hear the name of God? Blessed be the name of God. I thank God for all that he has given me. 
That should be our response when we hear the name of God. He says, How excellent is thy name in the earth, who has set thy glory above the heavens. Out of the mouth of babes and sucklings hast thou ordained strength because of thine enemies, that thou mightest steal the enemy and the avenger. And then he came to that, When I consider thy heavens, the work of thy fingers. You know, if God can create by just speaking a word, that means he's pretty powerful, doesn't he? Pretty powerful. And I love how he talks about the creation of the heavens, and I'm believing what I consider to be uh, the uh, second heavens, the place of the stars. And God, it said... That's just the work of his fingers. You know, some people do a little bit of work with their fingers. Some do use the strength of their arms. Some takes all of their strength. But if you're doing something with your, with your fingers, it doesn't take much strength, does it? Can you imagine God being able to create the solar systems that we see, the billions and billions of stars? And it's like, well, that's nothing. Didn't take hardly anything at all to create that. That's a powerful God, isn't it? A great and a mighty God. We need to consider our God, to ponder our God. And you know, if you, if you can ponder God every day, you can see him in everything that you come in contact with almost every day. When you see the sky, when you see all these things in nature, when you see all the wonders of this world, you can see the handiwork of God. And you need to praise God for his handiwork. So we need to think and consider our God each and every day. Now there's something else more particular about God that we need to consider every day. I want to go over to Luke chapter 12. In Luke chapter 12, there's something else that we need to consider. I want us to consider God's care for his people. Do you ever get cast down and discouraged thinking, nobody cares for me, nobody loves me, I don't even see any evidence that God cares about me. you ever get to that point in your life? I do from time to time. What do we need to do? We need to think. We need to consider. In Luke chapter 12, in verse 24, and here we begin. Consider. This is a Savior speaking. Consider. He says you need to think about something. What do you need to think about? What do we need to think about today and every day? Consider the ravens. For they neither sow nor reap, which neither have storehouse nor barn, and God feedeth them. Is that true? Did God take care of the ravens? Are the ravens provided their food each and every day? Yes. And then he says, how much more are ye better than the fowls? 
I had a real difficult time accepting a teaching of a preacher one time when the preacher was saying that it was a sin to worry. You know why that bothered me? Because if that's the case, I became an extremely active sinner. Because <laughs> I worry all the time. I worry about if I'm going to be able to have a job to provide the food, if I'm going to have this or that, you know, be able to eat and feed my family. Am I going to be blessed to have that? I worry all the time. Probably not as much as I used to, but still more than I ought to. How about you? Do you consider and think about God's provision? Has God let you starve yet? Not me. And then he continues on in verse 27. And again, he starts out in the exact same way. Consider. Consider. Consider the lilies, how they grow. They toil not. They spin not. And yet I say unto you that Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. I read that verse and I wondered about how come he picked out King Solomon rather than King David? Well, King David was a warrior. He was a soldier. You know, David was a man after God's own heart. I mean, it stated that he was a great and wonderful godly man, but he had a couple of habits, and one of the habits was killing people. I mean, he was a bloody soldier. But Solomon, his son, was not a soldier who reaped the benefits of that great kingdom that David had built. And Solomon spent his time in the houses and the courts of the palace, and he was dressed in the finest array. Hear what our Savior is saying. Even a king dressed in his finest array cannot approach the beauties of the lilies. That's more beautiful. God's creation and his provision is more beautiful than this work of hands. You consider that. Aren't you glad that God gave us beautiful things like that in his creation? The flowers and the colors and all the things that we see. He didn't have to do that. But I want you to think about something else that touches what our Savior just said. He just told us that we need to consider God and God's care for us and his provision for us. He'll provide our food and he'll provide our raiment. You notice that's the two areas that he covered there? Do you remember what Paul said over in 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse 8? Paul said over there, having food and raiment therewith be content. How many of us here today would be content with just our food and raiment? You know, if I was writing that, if I was writing a letter to the young preacher, Timothy, and if I was writing truly from the heart, I'd probably say something like having steak 
in a new suit that's hanging in my $500,000 house that has a garage that contains my brand new Lexus or Cadillac or whatever one you think's a good car. And I can even get on my smartphone and be content when I look at the balance in my 401k. That's how I would use it to say contentment. How about you? What did Paul say? Having food and raiment. Didn't he forget the house? Isn't that interesting? What would we actually really need? Food and raiment. Now, am I advocating for us to go out and cash in our 401ks and give it all away? Sell our house and live on the streets? No, that's not what I'm advocating. What I am telling you, if you're trying to find satisfaction in this world's goods, it'll never happen. If you're trying to find satisfaction in the pleasures of this world, it'll never happen. He that loveth silver will not be satisfied with silver. That's what Solomon said in Proverbs. I believe it's Proverbs, maybe Ecclesiastes. But anyhow, we'll never find satisfaction in this world's goods. How much is enough in your 401k plan? A little bit more. A little bit more than you have. And you get that, you need a little bit more. If your chief aim in this world is to be entertained, how much entertainment is going to be enough? It'll never happen. You ever wonder why roller coasters keep getting bigger and taller and movies keep getting more, I don't know what other word to use, horrible <laughs> and ungodly? That's why. You can't get enough of those things. What do we need? Consider. When you're out here trying to make your million, and I don't know what people get so excited about. When I was a kid, I heard about these people, and they were really put up on a pedestal that made their first million. You know, they'd, they'd be bragging about that. I added up one day how much money I made, and I got to the point in all these number of years, and I added up to the point where I'd finally made a million dollars. I was not excited at all. You know why? Because that same period I'd spent 1.1 million. You know, I was in debt. You know, instead of trying to build up this world goods and getting contentment, just remember that all God needs to give you is food and raiment, and he will. But now let me get down to something that's exceedingly important. Look over to the book of Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 3. And according to the clock, it is 20 minutes after 10. Okay? So y'all don't get in a hurry. I have no idea <laughs> what time it is. I don't have a watch. But anyhow, but we're going to quit here in a minute anyhow. Hebrews chapter 3. Let's consider something else. There's something else we need to think about. Hebrews chapter 3, verse 1. Wherefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, 
Consider is what we need to do. Think. Think about something. In this case, think about some person. Who? Consider the apostle and high priest of our profession, Christ Jesus. We need to look unto Jesus. We need to consider Jesus. We need to look unto him. It says here he's not only our apostle, but he's our high priest, the great high priest. How much have you considered Jesus Christ today? How much have you considered Jesus Christ and thought about him in this past week? You say, well, what do you mean? What kind of thinking that we, do we need to have about Jesus Christ? We need to think about Jesus Christ as our high priest. You know, the problem that we have, or many of us have, our problems that we have is we don't think about salvation in the right manner. Because we need to consider and think about what we have deserved in this life. I want you to consider and think about all the sins that you have committed. Now, if I gave you, a, say, a time period, the sins you've committed in the last week or maybe the last month or the last year or perhaps your whole life, if I was going to give you some time this morning and let you go through in your mind and roll all of them sins through in your mind, how long would I have to stand here and wait on you? Might take a while, wouldn't it? We may have to order in supper for next Friday night. There's a bunch of them, isn't it? We're sinners. And if you need help pointing out some of your sins and find them, let me know. I'll point you to the Word of God and show you the sins that you have. How about your thoughts that you've had, how you haven't trusted God, how you haven't served God's people like you ought to, how you haven't praised God each and every day. We could go on and on. There's sins of omission, things that we haven't done that we ought to, as well as the sins of commission, the things that we have done. And we're all sinners. What do we deserve? We deserve everlasting separation and an eternal hell. Serve that separation from God. That's what we deserve. Have you thought about those things? Unless you think about those things, you won't rejoice in the salvation that we have in our high priest. Paul says here, consider the apostle and high priest. Consider Jesus Christ as the high priest. And Jesus Christ is our high priest. What did he do? What did he do when he came to this earth? He lived that perfect life. And it had to be perfect. There was a purpose in him living a perfect life for those 33 years. He had to live that life not only an example but he also had to live that perfect life so that he would be a lamb without stain when he was offered upon the cross for you and I, without sin of his own. And when Jesus Christ was taken there to that cross as our high priest, 
And he functioned not only as a high priest, but he functioned as a sacrifice itself. And as our sacrifice itself, he put our sins that we committed after age 40 upon the cross. Is that what he took with him? No. What about those committed after 12, you know, the supposed age of accountability? Is that all he took there? I hope not. Scripture teaches that the baby, as soon as he's born, goes forth speaking lies. We all know from common sense that the age of accountability, we have sins just like we do after age 12. Christ took them all. All of our sins. Every one of them. And if you're like me, you're sitting there thinking, boy, they sure was stacked up high on his back, wasn't they? Yeah, they were. Every one of those sins he took upon his own shoulders. Our high priest made that sacrifice and made that sacrifice of himself. And it Punishment he received from the hands of God that washed our sins away. What can wash away our sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. And it just didn't whitewash them for a little while and they came back. It washed them away. They're gone. Never to be seen from again from the standpoint of the judgment of God. Those sins are gone. That sacrifice that Jesus Christ made was a perfect sacrifice. And it was a final sacrifice. Have you considered that? Have you considered that every sin that you have ever committed. Now I'm going to get way out here. Please stay with me. Not only ever sin that you've ever committed, ever sin that you've ever thought about committing, and ever sin that you're going to commit in the future, Jesus Christ paid for on the cross. Now that doesn't mean we ought to go out and sin tomorrow because those sins are already paid for. That's not what that means. I don't have time to get into that. But Jesus Christ, Paid the price in full. Now, I want to ask you something. And I really need to ask you Bible readers this question. For those, and I hope we're all Bible readers. You go through and you read your Bible. And after the crucifixion of Jesus Christ, did the apostles, Paul and all the other apostles and all the other writers, did they stress the importance of us continually continuing the annual sacrifice of lambs and goats by the high priest? Is that in there? No. Why? They had it up to the time of Christ, but they didn't have it after the time of Christ. Why? Because when Christ died upon the cross, it worked. Let's put it that simple. It worked. 
all those offering of the, of the goats and the rams and doves and all that other stuff, that never took away a single sin. It was just a reminder. But when Jesus Christ died upon the cross, it worked. Our sins have been washed away. Now, what does that mean to you today? What does that mean that your sins have washed away? I mean, that, is that just theology? Or does that mean something to us? It means a lot to me. If God looks at me and he sees a perfect, pure, whitewashed person without a stain of sin upon him, you know what that means? I get to go to heaven. Aren't you thankful for that? Now, in all of this thinking that we're supposed to have done and that we should be doing, where do we go from here? If we think about Christ and what he's done and we ponder and consider what he's done, so we've done our thinking for the day, right? What do we need to do tomorrow? Consider and think. If you'll go back, and I'm not going to this morning, if you'll go back into the Old Testament, some of it we read a little bit about there in, in, uh, in, in Isaiah 1. You could also go where we referred to over in Deuteronomy chapter 29. But it's many other places where it's told, when it's talking about the Lord sending judgment upon his people, and the Philistines, the Amorites, and one of those other eyes would come in and conquer them. And it tells us that the people have forgotten. They forgot. What did they forgot? They forgot to consider the Lord. They forgot to consider the Lord's blessings. They forgot to consider the Lord's salvation. Let me back up here in Hebrews for just a moment. Hebrews chapter 2. Now, we could spend a lot of time in Hebrews chapter 2, but we're just going to spend a few minutes. Hebrews chapter 2 starts out, Therefore we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. Now, what does that mean for us today? We've considered all the wondrous things about God. Not only Christ and our salvation in Christ, but also God's provision for us in this life that we're better than the ravens and the lilies. He provides all that for us. We have all of that. Let us never, ever forget it. We need to remember these things. Time and time again in the Scriptures, the children of Israel were told, remember what God did. You know, the signature event in the Old Testament was the crossing of the Red Sea. I mean, all through the history of Israel, you'll see them refer back to the crossing of the Red Sea as the, ex the prime example of God's power and his blessing in saving his people. And they referred back to it time and time again. 
people would forget. They would forget God's provision. They would forget that God saved them. They would forget what God did for them. And then what would happen? They'd go into idolatry. They'd serve other gods. They'd go into all kinds of gross, immorality, Im- yeah, bad stuff. I, I get confused sometimes between immorality and immortality. You've got to be careful there. Now, they'd quit serving God. That was in the Old Testament. What about you and I? Do we have that same tendency? Is the danger there for you and I today to forget the blessings of God? To forget what God has saved us from? To forget what God has done for us? Is there a tendency for us to forget all of that? Yes, there is. And you say, no, no, no. I think about it every day. I think about what God has done for me every day. You know what my response to that would be? Prove it. (laughs) Actions speak louder than words. Prove it. You know, if you're out on the lake fishing on Sunday morning or on the golf course Sunday morning, and you say, I love God with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my spirit, I'm going to say you're a liar. Because you wouldn't be out there if you was doing that. Remember that. A lot of things in the scriptures it says for us to consider. Let's consider these things. But above all, let's consider Jesus Christ, the apostle, the high priest, the one who saved us. Let's consider him each moment of our lives. May God bless you.